Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers community. How you doing, people? Um, you're probably surprised to see me in the in the hot seat tonight. Gav's having a night off, Keith's having a night off, and Avi's still too young to host. Um, so they put me in charge, and you know what happens when I'm in charge. But anyway, listen, um, thank you for everyone. Bloody hell, we've got a nice bit of crowd in there already. Get your comments in. I've got two amazing guests like amazing like i'm actually nervous today because like no i am people know that i'm not nervous normally right i'm a veteran of this like on the lfc day trippers but today i've got harry Simeu, right who's probably probably the only other football man that knows about football as much as me all right just about and then i've got my boss basically like normally he's like been kin telling me what to do like for two years now i think maybe <laughs> right and i'm actually on the other side i've got ben haynes in the house ben harry welcome absolutely welcome guys thank oh, you for having us man. mate honestly ben you know me i'm not nervous ever right but today you're I'm the like, most relaxed man on any show that i go on grizz i know but like why am I knee shaking today? Like when I'm hosting you, it's like it's this is not right. hosting duty, mate. Do you know what? It's I got a feeling. I got a feeling after about five minutes, I might say Ben, take over. <laughs> yeah, get out of <laughs> it, mate. You're, <laughs> a, you're a natural. It's good to see though that you, whatever show you're on, you're still repping all the Liverpool merch so, without fail. Without so check fail. this one out. It's brilliantly because this is what I mean about you. This is the expert and pro you are. Brilliantly <laughs> segued into my top which I received last week from one of my favourite subscribers and followers, a shout to Kieran Thorne. Don't know if he's in the chat. Have you, have you seen him in the chat so far? If he is? Not so far, no? You're rubbish. Yeah. Find him, please. If, any, <laughs> if, if, if Kieran's in the chat, thank you so much. It fits absolutely perfectly. Uh, it's a bit big for me, so, you know what I mean? I can't lose weight. That's my excuse. So there he is. Kieran's in the, Kieran's in the chat. Kieran's in the chat. There he is. But um, Kieran, as you can see, put him up. Where is he? There you go. Yeah. Put him up, Avi. He's fiddling around with it, like usual. I told you. Oh, yeah, I'll touch yeah, it. But, um, but yeah, top man. It fits like a glove. Obviously, brilliantly modelled by myself. Thank you very much, Kieran. You're an absolute <laughs> gentleman and a gent. But, um, but lads, this is Carnage Stroke Transfer Gender Show because Carnage normally is Carnage, but... When we're, we're in transfer window, no, we're not I'm, even. Am I not getting started. no introduction today, Grizz? Introduce yourself. Oh, no, look, I it's okay. Know. It's okay. I'm humble enough it's, to like take the back no, seat and no. let these two take charge. So it's fine. Do you know what? Absolutely fine. I, I, I got nervous. I've been telling you now. I got nervous. Ben's in the house. I'm hosting. I got nervous. Avi, yeah. uh, blue chip, Mister Blue Chip himself, out in California. How are you, my brother? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. Good. Um, I'm going to try not share. to. See, again, um, you won't give me mic time. Bless you share the screen with um, Harry and uh, Ben. So, well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try because I get accused of bullying you in the chat. I'm going to try my best not to swear at you, curse you. But there's no promises. But listen, we're, we're going to start talking about sort of everything that's going on in the world of coaches, transfers, players, owners. And we're going to start off with Arsenal. <laughs> what better club to, to start off with than Arsenal? Harry? Um, obviously, we're going to touch on news across the road, which we'll get your feelings on as well. Um, but from your point of view, um, a decent end to the season, 
but it still didn't make up for what was overall a bad season, I'd say. I don't know if you agree, but you can have your say. What would what happens now? What would you like this summer? Because your owners are always under pressure anyway, from other, all aspects, other aspects. But this summer, how crucial is this summer for, for your owners? It's massive because they've got to find a way of giving Mikel Arteta the tools he needs to do the job. They obviously feel that he is the right man. They, you know, they, they made quite a big, bold decision, actually, by appointing someone who'd never coached uh, or never been a manager mm. of a first team sort of at that level. And so to do that was was brave on their part. I think they were probably trying to think outside of the box a little bit. And, you know, early on in Mikel Arteta's tenure, it looked like it was the right decision. It looked like Arsenal were going in the right direction. And the FA Cup win at the back of last season really kind of propelled the the levels of expect or propelled the expectation, maybe a little bit too much. As you said, though, decent end to the season, but um, it it wasn't good enough to rectify the poor start to the season. And that's mm. the big issue here. So I think Arsenal need to be looking to do a lot of business in the summer. I think although we're not in Europe for the first time in 26 years, and that does come as a, it does come as a blow. Um, what it allows us to do is it allows us to trim the squad down even further and we can now maybe get by with less players, which means we can, I think, How do many? the rebuild. How many? How many? Well, I think you can probably get away with about a squad of, what, 19, 20? Whereas before, with Europe and with the Europa League and the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup and the Premier League, you were looking at, you needed a 23, 24-man squad. So I think what it allows us to do is it allows us to shift some of that dead wood without worrying as much about being left short. So, um, but the thing is, right? I know you said we're out of Europe this 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 uh, this season, and you're gutted about that. Always a bad thing. Is it? Is it for Arsenal? Could this be a blessing in disguise? If you know what I mean. So it gives sort of it gives Arteta time because he's a coach, right? He's not. He's more coach than manager. If you know what I mean. He loves to be on the training ground with the players, whatever, whatever. Right. Is this a is this a time to like really get his methods and tactics across this summer I and have a closer knit squad? Yeah, it, it could be a blessing in disguise in that sense, because one of the things that I've always said when I've defended Arteta, because the Wolves have been coming for him this season um, or last season now, I should say. One of the things I've always said is that with so many games in such a close sort of period of time, he's never really been able to spend days between a game getting fully prepared for it and and spending time on the training ground. There's always been a Europa game to prepare for and then the recovery day. And then you've got, what, a day till you play again in the Premier League. So I think he will benefit from that. And I think what you can take encouragement from is his game plan at times against some of the bigger sides has been right. So imagine what he could do if he had a bit more time as well uh, mm. to kind of implement those things. I'd have thought there may be like, there's a, there's a possibility that, they're low-key thinking, maybe we don't have to make too many signings. Maybe we don't have to back him that much. And then they just leave it up to leave it up to up to Arteta. If he performs well, he stays in a job. If he doesn't, they can still turn around and say, Well, you had a full summer, you had a full preseason, you're still not performing. And they can sort of almost slope out of it. Do you know what I mean? That it's it's almost a bit I think they can almost be a bit calculated there. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I think, you know, 
They have I would hope they me. don't, obviously. Do you yeah. know what I mean? From from my point of view, just because I actually think Arteta is a good coach. Like, I think if you're going to commit to him, like like we always said, Harry, if you're going to commit to him, then commit. You know, yeah. if you're going to do it and have the whole philosophy project, like trust the process vibe, you can't give up at the first sign of trouble. Yeah, but equally, if they wanted to get out of the Mikel Arteta thing, I think they, they had ample enough excuse to have pulled the trigger because to finish eighth in the Premier League and to go out, not just because we went out in the semi-finals of the Europa League, you know, semi-finals is a respectable place to get to, but the nature of the exit was so bad and and the pressure was there from a lot of fans. You know, if they were going to sort of cut him loose, I think that was the opportunity to do it without anybody, you know, even me who has defended Arteta most of the season, I couldn't have really argued with it had he been sacked off the back of the way that campaign went. So yeah, but the Europa League, mate. Like any, even if you go deep into it, it feels like anything other than winning the Europa League is just a massive waste of time. Yeah, agreed. It's 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 always like that, though, isn't it? It is. It's always like that. It's almost. I felt like obviously Harry will know more, but it felt like the Arsenal fan base were just totally, totally, their opinion on the season, Arteta, everything, was based on that Europa League campaign. Like, literally, regardless of even though you had, as I said, you ended up finishing eighth, right? Yeah, but I I don't think it started out like that, though. I don't think it started out with people being fully focused on the Europa League. But as things panned out, you know, falling Mm. too far behind the top four. Then we fell too far behind the top six. Then you had, you know, the cup exits. All a culmination of all of those things got us to the point where it was very much Europa League or bust, and and that's a consequence of not doing well enough in the Premier League. Ultimately, isn't it? Yeah, Harry, I love this comment. Man. I proper love this comment. I proper love this comment. This is the poshest trippers lineup everywhere. Obviously, they mean no, no. This is true. Obviously, excluding me, right? Because fucking hell, if you're calling me posh, man, you're in trouble. But the other three lads, honestly, the poshest lads I know, right? It's brilliant. Oh, I'm loving this. Honestly, but but um, Avi, uh, looking from the outside, as you are, even though even though I say that, I know you've got a couple of contacts at Arsenal. What do they need from looking from the outside? Like if we just sort of we don't watch every game of Arsenal, we we get a lot of match of the day, we get a lot of highlights on Twitter, we get a lot of match reaction from fans, but. Like gauging all that, what do what 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 do Arsenal need this summer? In your opinion, any first of all, do you think they need to get rid of anyone? I think there's a few players that that should be fighting for their careers. I think Lacazette should be one that should be sort of shifted. Um, Again, question marks over Aubameyang. I know he got his contract, and then his form was just like it wasn't great in the first sort of three four months of the season. I think though that this is a blessing in disguise for Arteta and his Arsenal team that they're not playing in any kind of sort of European football next season. It reminds me of when Brendan Rodgers, um, his first season when we finished seventh, Grizz. Then the yeah. second season we had no European football, and all of a sudden we went on this momentum sort of charge, and you know we should have really won the league that season in 2013-14. It just reminds me that I don't think Arteta will make a serious title charge, but he's got that free week. And one thing that he, the way he comes across is he's very articulate in his planning and his approach. I don't think he got that this season with Europa League football and then, you know, the FA Cup, the League Cup runs. I don't think he ever got that sort of break where he could just sort of plan, you know, each game. But as no they, one did. As it comes. No, no, did no one did, but I think with him, because it's his first job as well, I think it's really imperative that he has that time. So I think next season, I think they can make 
you know, I think they'll climb up the table, but whether they hit, whether they can climb into top four, I'm not sure. Signings, it just depends. I mean, they've got some great youngsters that I think, you know, why hasn't Arteta given them a chance? You know, we talk about Balogun, who's, you know, been dubbed the new Nicholas Anilka, who's been on the peripheral in the reserves, but he's like scoring goals. You've got Miguel Aziz, who's a very good holding midfielder. I know he's like 18, but he's a talent. So there are talented players there. You've got obviously the Croydon De Bruyne in uh, Smith Rowe. So there's talent there. He just probably needs about, I would only say about two, three signings, three signings tops, like maybe Harry, 20, 25 million pound players. Harry, give me, give me what you hope for and, and give me what you think your owners will deliver for Arteta. In terms of positions, the, mm. the biggest concern going into the summer is the centre of midfield because that was a problem last season. We now know that it's likely Matteo Genduzzi is going to leave the club uh, on a permanent deal, as we suspected was going to be the case. Lucas Torreira is another one who wants to leave. Is and he then, still on loan? No, yeah, they didn't buy him well, in the end. He was no, going to Boca, doesn't he? Bocca yeah, he was on he was on loan last season at Atletico Madrid. He didn't really get a look in, to be fair. Um, and it's hard to argue with Simeone on that when he's he's guided them to the title. But Torreira was a bit part player, but he doesn't want to be in London like that's that's been abundantly clear from the very beginning of his wow. Arsenal career. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. But, you know, that's one That's one we've got to move on. We've got to move Guendouzi on. Now they're talking about Granite Xhaka being sold as well. And a lot of Arsenal fans don't like him. But if anybody tells me that he wasn't Arsenal's best midfield player last season and arguably Arsenal's most consistent player across the whole team last season, then they're talking from an agenda point of view because they're, they're using what happened between Xhaka and the fans a couple of seasons ago and, and still sort of not over that because he, he has improved dramatically. Maybe he's still not good enough in the long term. And, and if the money was right, then I'd consider moving him on. But 18 million euros, which is what Roma are, uh, are reportedly sort of willing to pay, is just not, not good enough. And, you, wouldn't and, accept, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't accept that? Absolutely I not. Either. I would For Xhaka? not. Absolutely not. Yeah. You've got to think, Grizz. No, 18. 18 million euros, by the way. So it's probably yeah, so about 15 14, million, 15, 15 million, million euros, pounds. Uh, pounds. How old but is he, Harry? He's 28 years old, but you're talking about a 28-year-old, the captain of Switzerland, a guy who's fit basically every single week, mm. um, doesn't miss games of football, mm. has marshaled our midfield so well over the course of the season as it developed under Mikel Arteta. All, you know, everybody waxes lyrical about Kieran Tierney at left back and he's done great. Don't get me wrong, but Kieran Tierney has the freedom he has because Granite Xhaka backfills and slots into this kind of left center back slash left back role when he bombs on. And that's so key to the way Arsenal play that, you know, to us, I believe he's worth more than 18 million. So that's, so that's look, why I can't accept it. I, I don't think you can get someone else either. Like, that, 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 this is the thing. That's if what you, I was going to say. Said, if you said, sorry, go on, Chris. I stole the words out of your mouth. No, no, that's no, no, that's exactly what I was coming to because it's obvious you're not going to, well, from what we know of the Arsenal board and ever, you're not going to have huge investment on the playing side. There will be players that have to be moved on. If you had to move on, not what you think they're going to do. If you had to move on two players to find two or three players in, which are the two players that you think you could move on? Give me, give me two players that you think could be moved on to make sure there's enough funds to bring two, three in. One of them's got to be Hector Bellerin because we know that he wanted to leave the club last summer um, and it didn't happen. 
because Mikel Arteta basically asked him to stay uh, for another season and give us another season. So that would be one of them. And the other one that immediately comes to mind is Alexander Lacazette. I think he's probably had wow. his best season in an Arsenal shirt. But mm. you're talking about a guy who's approaching 30 years old and you're talking about a guy who's going to go into the last season of his contract. So uh. taking all of that into account, it's, it's, it's not, you either with Lacazette, you either make a decision and give him an extension or you move him on. There's no, you know, there's no dilly dallying about with it this yeah. summer. We've got he's 30 now, Harry, isn't he? He's, he's 30 now, isn't he? Or is uh, he I think he's going to turn 30 soon. I'll just double check. So how that. much, so how much do you get for Lacazette? Is how many seasons has he got? How many years got on the contract left? So yeah, you're right. He's, he's just recently turned 30, Alexander Lacazette, um, literally and like say, a week ago. And, and he's say got, two years left. No, so this season coming will be his last season. You're not going to get much for him, Harry. That means you're looking at, I don't know, a nominal fee kind of thing. When you get into the last contract and you're 30 years old, like obviously Liverpool have got a few players like that as well. So you've got, so where would you strengthen? And and who who do you think Arsenal are looking at? What's the, what's the inside story? Give us the inside story, Harry, go on. Well, we need a, a left back to to cover Kieran Tierney because as great as he is, he's inevitably going to be injured three or four times over the course of the season. Mm. So that's a must. Centre midfield is a must because especially if we lose Xhaka, because we're going to be left with Partey and El Nenny. Sabios has of course returned to Real Madrid as well. Uh, yeah. So we're really light in midfield. That's the main focus for me. Um I, I think I don't think we need centre backs. I think, you know, that if we do get one, it'll be a bonus. But we're okay there. If Bellerin goes, I think you need another right back. So I'd say the two fullback positions and centre midfield would be the priority for me. And of course, bringing in uh, some sort of creative midfielder because Martin Odegaard has also returned to return Rangers. as well. Avi, I know you want to jump in. Just want to ask this question to Kieran, who's asking Harry: Is Willock good enough to become a regular? Was impressive in his impressive in his game time at Newcastle, which he was. What's the situation there? Do you think? So the situation is that Mikel Arteta has been quite forthright in saying that he wants him to stay. He He's going to bring him back and he, he sees him as playing a role next season. Me personally, and this is going to sound really harsh considering the goal return that Willock produced during his time at Newcastle, but I don't think he fits at Arsenal. And it's not because I don't think he's a promising young player. It's just stylistically, I don't think he fits. What Joe Willock is incredibly good at doing is arriving late in penalty areas uh, from a deep starting position and and popping up on the edge of the box and finishing off chances. But a lot of the time when you play for a club like Arsenal or any of the big clubs, you play against sides that sit deep on the edge of their penalty area and you don't really get that chance for Joe Willock to show what he can do in a transition. I think for Steve Bruce, it, it worked perfectly because Newcastle would sit back, they'd suck people in, they'd get the ball out wide and whoever received the ball out wide always knew that Joe Willock would be in and around the edge of the penalty area to look for him because he'd make that run. But I don't think his overall game gives you enough for him to play in a team like Arsenal. I don't think he has enough um, creativity, enough guile to unlock a defence with a single pass, for example, or to beat a couple of men and and open up a space. I I just don't think he's at that level, but I do think he's a good player and and a Premier League club like Newcastle would do well to, to pick him up. I just a last question on Arsenal before we move on, and it's a loaded question. Um, and because I want your opinion, I want a, a yes, no, but with a bit of context. Um, so it's not a yes, no, then in it. So basically, so basically, I want you to, I want you to tell me, is Arsenal 
in for Basuma and will you, and do you think he'll end up at Arsenal? And do you think he's needed? Three-part question. Fucking Ars- Arsenal have been linked with Bissouma, Um, as have a number of other clubs. Liverpool have been linked with Bissouma as well. No um, but, <laughs> but for me, you know, I like him. I like what he brings to the table. I think physically he's brilliant. I'm not sure he's where I'd like him to be on a technical level. And looking at Arsenal's midfield, I think what's worked best since Mikel's taken over has mm. been that double pivot of Xhaka and Partey. Whoever plays alongside Partey for me has to have the ability to drop deep, receive the ball with facing his own goal from the back four, turn and be able to pick out passes Aaron, and move us forward. Do that? You don't think you'd do that equally as well as as Xhaka? So in a different no, way. In a different I, in a different way. But 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 in terms of giving him the ball into feet and watching him sort of spin and kind of like drive forward. Maybe he's not going to smash a 20, 30 yard fizzer pass into someone waiting to receive the ball in the half turn, but equally, like he can take the ball in the half turn himself. So, I mean, you just I, I, like, in... I think Xhaka's really underrated in that sense. I think people kind of get hooked on these. There's been a couple of moments. I know the Burnley moment this season was the one that sticks out, right? Where he dropped into that hole, he yeah. played the ball. I, I think. With Granite Xhaka, what he gives you is he gives you a positional discipline. And Bissouma gives you the greater physicality. So it depends what way you want to look at it. Do you want someone who's got the physicality to cover the spaces that he himself leaves because he can get back? Or do you want someone who you always... I could tell you every minute of every game where Granite Xhaka is going to be on the pitch. And I'm not saying, by the way, that Granite Xhaka is a better player than, than Bissouma. Or that I, you know, I wouldn't take Basuma. What I'm saying here is that in terms of the way I see Mikel Arteta building the midfield, I think Basuma's profile is too similar to that of Thomas Partey's. And so two of those guys, I think, would see us struggle to progress the ball forward. If someone offered me one of the two, I would take Basuma in a heartbeat. Over Xhaka, is this? Oh, yeah, like in in a a heartbeat. But, But having said that, I think that you, you're in a similar position to where kind of like, well, there's a number of clubs that are in this position at the moment. I think Everton are in it. I think Spurs are in it. Arsenal definitely in it. Um, on that periphery, on the outside looking in on the top four party, there's a number of players that in all those chasing teams, they've got a number of players that are good, not elite. And it's so hard to move them on because the money doesn't ever seem quite right. Yeah. They're not on outrageous wages, but in order for them to move, a club would have to have better money or decent money at least to spend on wages. And mm. then if you want to make that next jump and get a hold of a player, realistically, we're all looking at similar sort of players, right? So if we're looking to, to bring someone that can genuinely impact the midfield, you're probably looking at Leicester and going, can we steal Tielemans? Can we steal Ndidi, for example? And there's no way that those players are leaving to come to an Arsenal, a Spurs, an Everton, a West Ham at the moment, you know? Yeah. So it, it, you can't really scale up. It's so hard to scale though, up from someone like Jacka. I also think, though, with someone like Bissouma, I think there is an element of risk to that transfer because, yes, he's done... Everybody kind of beats the whole Premier League proven drum. But to play for an Arsenal or a Liverpool where the expectation is to win every week and to win playing a certain way is very different to being the standout player at Brighton. And I would, you know, it's not to say that I don't think he can make it at a bigger club, but I have reservations about 
in a summer where we need to do a few bits of business, absolutely breaking the bank for someone who I don't think's profile quite fits. I would rather Arsenal went and signed, for example, Frank Kessier from AC Milan. I think he oh, could do that job. And wouldn't we be all, Harry? And he'd yeah, be available. But you'd be able to prize AC Milan into doing a deal for less than what you would get Bissouma for. I genuinely mm. believe that. And also, somebody like Ruben Neves at Wolves is, for me, the type of player I'm looking for. Technically, incredibly secure to be able to pick the ball up from the back, turn, spin, play balls forward, but also very tactically disciplined. So there's a Huge. few options I'd look at before Bissouma, if I'm honest. Have you wanted to ask Neves you something? Before Bissouma as well. Yeah. <laughs> Have you wanted to ask you something? Because he fits the profile. He fits the exact player that I think Arteta wants in there. And Arsenal, look, Arsenal's links to Bissouma are not that strong. People have been talking about it, but the actual evidence of Arsenal being interested in him is not very strong. There's been reports over the last few days that he's on the list, but he's not anywhere near the top of it. And that's because I don't think he fits the profile Arteta's looking for. It's not because I don't rate him. I think he's a good player. I just, I'm not sure he's the f- the right fit. Harry, just, just a quick one, Harry. Um... By the way, by the way, just a quick one. If you say just a quick one more than three times in the show, I'm out, I'm out. I know you will be kicked out of the stream, right? And so, so please, I know you want to move on the subject a lot. No, no, no. Just generally, I've told you. Just that, that, just a quick one irks me for some reason. Just change the words or something. So we'll just touch upon it quickly. <laughs> 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 Harry, um, the curious case of uh, William Saliba. I know he's been on loan, but is do you think he comes back into Arteta's sort of thinking? And do you, can you see him starting? Because there's always been this hype about him, and you know, Fofana's the one who's actually who didn't have the hype in France, but he came from Saint Etienne, and he's the one who sort of established himself as a top sort of probably top five centre back in the Premiership last season. So, I just wanted your thoughts on uh, Saliba. Um, I think Saliba's got the talent. I think he's done really well since going back to France. I think Arsenal, having invested £27 million in the guy, will feel like they need to give him a chance. But what I would say is, I wonder how his relationship with Mikel Arteta is, knowing that he was not even registered in the squad at the start of the season. He spent I half think a season... Untenable. I think it's yeah, untenable. I, he spent half a season doing nothing and then got sent on loan in January. So I do wonder if too much has happened between them for this to be kind of yeah, fixed and, and him to be yeah. given the chance. But I would give him a chance. So, Arsenal seems like, as usual, as every season, right? <laughs> it's like they've got loads to do, all right? We're looking for the right nothing. type of player, exactly. But listen, I've got a feeling you will be in for key players. There obviously seems to be news about uh, links to Ben Duyo of uh, Norwich. You know, a tricky type of creative player, obviously, with Odegaard and going. It kind of suits you, like, to sort of find someone like that. But, and I asked about Basuma because I know Liverpool are in for him as well. And it's interesting to see your viewpoint on Basuma sort of not fitting your profile, whereas I think he fits our profile in terms of the Gini replacement. Obviously, not like for like. Just but, to make it clear, <laughs> it's not that I don't rate Basuma, it's that I just don't. I hear you. He is, yeah. he is what we would be looking for. He's a Liverpool midfielder because he's dynamic, because he's quick, because he gets around the pitch. And he's good. And, and and it, he is he is a genie Vinaldum. He is that yeah. kind of three man hard working midfield player. But in Arsenal, I think the way we're playing now, that role is very specific, and I'm not sure he fits it. That's all. Cool, cool. Ben, um, this week, comparing it to last week, where I know we spoke 
and and some of the <laughs> some of the names that we were talking about and you guys were so disheartened like where do you go from here and then isn't football amazing like do you remember we were talking about being not interested disinterested want the season to end not much fun what's there to look forward to empty stadiums all right and suddenly stadiums filling up suddenly um so many elite coaches suddenly appearing on the market and who would have thunk you are looks like seems like on the verge of in my opinion getting the one of the top three elite coaches in world football you talk me through your emotions yes so there's unanimously look let the chat let us know about what you think about antonio conte is he top three coaches in world football right now let's just have a yes no yes no the best he's pound for pound right now the best coach in europe i wouldn't argue i think just the only thing is his european record i know you got to the europa league final last season with inter but it just a little bit deludes him but he's he's top Abby, quality, we're, top we're talking about spurs here so no i know european i know records like way footballers first i need to get because in my opinion let me put it out there. If you get Antonio Conte, because we know it's not done yet, I think you're an early contender of winning the transfer window. And I really mean that. What do you think, Ben? Uh, mate, uh, to be honest, it's been a bit of a... You, I think you nailed it when you sort of were talking about the, the nature of the, the football merry-go-round. Because up until a week ago, um, everyone looked very settled. Everyone looked completely settled. There wasn't really much chat. There was a little bit of noise. I mean, maybe 10 days ago, there was that more noise about Zidane. But it just kind of unsettled a few people. And suddenly, then you've got four or five elite coaches all in the frame. Ancelotti moving to Madrid sort of came a bit out of nowhere and, and took us all by surprise. But also, I think that equally probably paves the way for someone like Graham Potter or David Moyes to go go to, to Everton and then we'll get even more movement but it just didn't look like that was going to happen so I, I think Spurs fans across the board I think it's been something like 45 or 46 days that Spurs haven't had a manager for which which is some sort of record it's got to be a record in Europe um, but it's, it's it's been really really weird to go through this period and thankfully the Euros has taken a bit of a bit of heat off of Spurs because it just meant that everyone's been able to take a breath and I think I again I don't really know what's going on in terms of like how far along the line I, I, I'm refreshing Twitter like everybody else at the moment just to try and work out which which version of events you can follow and believe but um I'll get in touch with my when, um I'll get in touch with my sources at Spurs and let you know later yeah, on. Get, what's up yeah. Yeah, give me a heads up. I'll take a little yeah. WhatsApp later on, mate. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah that like it's difficult to know which version of events to to follow and to know is the most accurate. But the point that you made, Grizz, there just earlier on, I think that's really interesting is that it feels like the stars have aligned a bit for Spurs to get if they do get Conte, for Spurs to get Conte, because you you look at what he did with Inter last year. You look at what he's done with Chelsea, Juve in the past. Like at the moment, Spurs' squad from all angles, I think people absolutely sledged Spurs' squad last year saying, well, you've got a world-class 
forward pairing in Son and Kane. If you can get Gareth Bale playing, then you've got an elite front three. But Gareth Bale only started, what, 10, 11 games last year. In the midfield, we've got a load of talent, but couldn't quite get it to work or couldn't quite get a consistent tune out of there. And at the back, Spurs defensively last year, where with one of the greatest defensive coaches of all time, supposedly, couldn't defend for Toffee. So, realistically on paper I don't know that without this kind of weird merry-go-round that we're talking about that Conte goes to Spurs Um, but the way that it's all worked out I think a lot of Spurs you know what it's good I think a lot of Spurs fans haven't had the chance to work out what this means yet do you know? Do you know what I mean by that? As in, like, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Had the chance to work out, like, w- yeah. w- we ended the season with a very clear message from from Daniel Levy in the program notes on the final day of the season, saying, or the final home game of the season, saying, Spurs need to go back to their roots, their identity, the idea of like ascribing <laughs> to a philosophy. And really, Conte is actually, I would say, more aligned with perhaps Mourinho. I was just going to say than yeah. kind of an old school, we'll score one more than you approach of like, we're going to play football with style, with flair, with a flourish. And there's more to the game than necessarily winning. It's about winning with style. Yeah. Like that, Conte is not that, you know? Well, yeah. I, I remember, sorry, I've been going on for ages here, but I remember going to watch. No, there's a lot, there's a lot Spurs, to take in. I know what you mean. Yeah, there is. Spurs, Spurs playing be- away at Stamford Bridge while Conte was in charge. Um, I actually, do you know, I saw two really interesting games that season when Chelsea won the league. I was at the game when Arsenal won 3-0 um, and then, or 3-1 maybe, I think it was 3-1 or 3-0. And then, um, and Conte flipped a switch off the back of that game, went to his 3-5-2, got yep. Moses and Alonso as his wing backs, Mental. and then never looked back all season. They went on like yeah. a 13-game winning run, never looked back. But I never thought with that 3-5-2 that this was a side that was playing with this real attacking verve and zip and flourish. It was a very practical side that was going about winning yep. and and was literally getting over the line in games. And uh, I went to go and see the the Spurs game at Stamford Bridge. I think we took the lead through Christian Eriksen and they came and, and, and beat us 2-1. They sort of ground it out, but they were just very practical, very compact, incredibly Efficient. difficult to break down, structurally fantastic. And so for Spurs fans, I think we're in this really difficult position at the moment because if it does happen, you're sort of like, okay, hang on, is this a philosophy thing or is this now... Uh, get over the line thing again, which is a, an interesting way up. Sorry, I talked for ages there. No, I love was, it. I love yeah. it when you do. I love listening to you. Um, Avi, I've left this comment uh, on screen for a reason because I know you've got something to talk about uh, with regards to this, the director of Juve. So ask away, talk away. Yeah, I think they they still had issues though, Paratici. I think that was just before Agnelli came in. So I think they had issues, but just on Conte, it just it does seem that he takes these ballsy jobs um, where he wants to work with these crazy sort of chairmen, um, whether it's at Chelsea, um, in a, um, he, you know, obviously at Juventus as well, and he just sort of like he he actually is successful, and then he says sort of Aradovici, and he has that fight for your life attitude as well with these players. I think there's a clip they showed yesterday on um, when he was at Chelsea, literally grips up his coach, his assistant, and literally tells him to send out some instructions, but he literally grips him up and pushes him. And like, I think Conte would be brilliant. The only good thing, if he comes at Spurs, and he, if he does revert to that 3-5-2, 5-3-2, he's got Matt Doherty, who was playing as a wing-back at Wolves. 
and he could write, revitalize the career, and you guys might laugh, of Ryan Sessegnon. Where is where is where is where is he been? But he's, he he'll be on his way back. Yeah, Hoffenheim. So he, he he'll be on his way. He'll be on his way back to the club. I'm sure. Um, realistically, unless they look to extend, but I don't think Spurs are in terms of the left hand side. Regulon, Sessegnon, potentially Ben Davis can all play on that left hand side, depending on what game plan you've got. I think the other side is the issue. As Serge Aurier sort of did an interview a couple of weeks back or a week back, just sort of saying that maybe his time at Spurs has come to an end. There's a few different players that I always think, I don't know whether you guys sort of noticed this, but the moment that a player goes on international duty, the narratives just switch from really happy at the club and then just bang, like, right, whatever they want to say, whatever they want to get out within 48 hours, it seems to be out in the media. Um, But I think, I think you're right, mate. I think that potentially Dotty will be looking at as a, as if Spurs go to a, a five or a three with wing backs, however you want to call it, I think that's a really exciting proposition for Dotti because it's it's an opportunity to kind of revitalise his career. I definitely think that Conte is the sort of manager that thrives on players competing with each other and there being a oh, bit yeah. of needle in a group. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see if like if there was a like central transfer priority centre backs right back. Um, equally, I think if it is Conte that comes in, I'm so excited to see if he can get Delhi just being a bit of a arsehole again, you know, being a bit of a, like, just being horrible and being mischief and pl- blurring the lines and, and in, in the pockets of space looking to do damage. That for me, because I love Delhi, I think he's a wonderful player, but um, remains to be seen whether that's something that, that, that would happen under Conte. Harry... Mr. Syria expert as well. I know it's Spurs, and I know you're probably dead gloomy about the prospect of Antonio Conte going over there. But try to be sort of independent and by unbiased. What do you think? I'm I'm envious. Yeah. I am envious because I'm a massive Antonio Conte fan. Um, a lot of people kind of. When they talk about all the great things he's done, and he's done a lot, they they kind of overlook the Italy thing. When he took yeah. a, I think it was Euro oh, 2016, yeah. he took a really unfancied Italy squad into that tournament and done incredibly well with them. Um, the, if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be looking at it this way. With Antonio Conte, we can't lose because either he comes in and he delivers success and at least gets us back in the Champions League or he outs Daniel Levy um, for his sort of, for the way he is and he'll galvanize the fans to kind of take action against Daniel Levy yeah. <laughs> and, and turn the, the view to, uh, and turn the focus basically on Daniel Levy. One thing I can tell you about Antonio Conte is if he doesn't like something, he won't put up with it. He doesn't. He, he's, he knows that he is worth enough. He knows that his stock is high enough to be able to walk into a meeting and say, I disagree with where we're going forward. I quit. He's very headstrong and he's very, he can be a little bit rash, I think, in decisions sometimes. So the reason he's leaving into now is because he's been told that he's going to have to raise some money by allowing a couple of players to go. Um, or one big player to go, however it's going to happen. And he's not happy with what they're looking at doing moving forward. And that's because of finance. So for for Antonio Conte to come into Spurs, while I'd be 
you know, as a Spurs fan, if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be delighted. It does feel a little bit strange again. It feels like when Mourinho joined, where you just can't really see how that marriage between him and Levy is really going to work, but you're still excited and you're, that overrides that kind of worry because he's Antonio Conte and he is that bloody good. And tactically, he's incredible. Everybody knows the way he wants to play. But, you know, a lot of people say he's a defensive coach. I don't think he is. I think his sides are expansive when they can be, but also have that ability to kind of go into resistance mode and just hold teams off. And what he does incredibly well is improve individual players. Mm. I mean, I don't know how much of Serie A you guys watch, and I'm not saying he was a bad player when he was in the Premier League, but the difference in Romelu Lukaku today to the Romelu Lukaku that left the Premier League in terms of his overall game, his awareness, his ability to drop into deeper spaces, a bit like Harry Kane does for Spurs now and allow people to run beyond him. He uses his physical attributes. He's just... It's a totally different player. Yeah, he's come on so far. I I think think Conte... But you mentioned Kane there. Sorry, go on, Ben. Well, I was just going to say, I think Harry picked up on a really good point there in that we're all in this, there's, again, there's so many clubs that are in a similar position with their ownership and, and their boards. And it, it, the, the point that Harry made around this this sort of smooth transition into a, a new manager and whether that like, manager's going to work with with the chairman, for example, like it's just, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. Because I again, I have no idea. You you read right, you read and you see things for like the way that Tuchel was, for example, at PSG, and people are like, oh, is it Tuchel difficult to work with? Blah blah blah. And the next thing you know, he's winning the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? And and like Chelsea fans will forgive anything now. They're, like as far as they're concerned, he can do whatever the hell he wants. I think that's probably the same with Conte. I think he's going to be one of those guys. It was, I think, to be honest, it would have been the same with Mourinho as well. You stomach a certain amount of stuff, don't you? Because ultimately, the juice is going to be worth the squeeze if you if you win the trophies. And I think right now with Spurs, it's it's quite clear that any manager that comes in, the number one thing is is got to be: can you get Spurs over the line? In, in the in the cup competitions because and I think realistically top four now is suddenly it's now a group of seven sides you know it's not a case of like you're a shoe in for top four if so long as you've got decent players it's it's an absolute battle so the cups are more important than ever uh, again again I've left a comment on from Roaring Lion this time if Conte comes in where the fun's coming from and he's put and he's put Kane with a wink emoji this is the biggest question I think one of the major transfer situations call it is going to be Harry Kane Ben um so let's just assume for the for the for the show purposes that Conte does accept this job and that's one of the main questions like Harry and Avi said that he needs funds somewhere he needs there needs to be funds generated from somewhere and the best best way of generating funds from a Spurs point of view or a Spurs valuation players point of view is Harry Kane what do you think will happen and what would you what would you like to happen and what would you think will happen if Antonio Conte does take over and he has to I deal with the hurricane situation? Mate, on a level, I don't think, realistically, I don't think anything has changed. I don't think anything has changed in terms of the way it will, the way it will be with, with Spurs and Harry Kane. If someone wants to buy Harry Kane, 
they're going to have to come up with an outrageous bid to to get a hold What's of What's outrageous? Be realistic at the same time. 150 million? Like like a guy that's got 3 years left on his contract, that he's he's irreplaceable. There is no striker in the world you could go out and get a hold of that could do what Harry Kane does. Bring like, Lukaku with him. Like, he, Lukaku's already come Put out and said he's staying at Inter. Like yeah, he's you already wave, sort of. You wave hundred million at Inter. They need. They need, Harry. If I'm not mistaken, like, they're they're desperate for cash right now. Inter kind of thing. Inter are desperate for cash, but I think they can probably raise it in other ways. I think they'll be um, looking at. Ra- right. I, I think. Yeah, I, I think Ashraf Hakimi will be the one that they yeah. probably look to move on first and, and mm. they should get a fair chunk for him. And so, like, I mean, you're looking at... Me sorry, mate. Go on, go on, go on. No, no, yeah, you finished, Ben. Yeah, go on, go on. Someone's made a great point, though, on another player. So get him. So, bring up, go on, go on. Sure. So, well, yeah, I just think, realistically, there's there's no way that Spurs sell Harry Kane to a, to a rival. So you're not selling to Chelsea, who are probably mm. a club that could raise the, the funds. I don't understand how anyone can make the argument that Harry Kane should go and play under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Like, I, I, really, I, I completely understand that there's, there's Man United fans who are enormously loyal to him. And that's one thing. To be loyal is one thing. But to genuinely believe that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the sort of manager that can lead Man United to a title next year or can lead them deep into like the final stages of the Champions League and potentially win a Champions League. Like, no way. Like, there's, why would Harry Kane go and potentially have absolutely everything riding on him to basically try and carry United to a title? If that's the case, if that's what, like, we're looking at here, the only club that I'm looking at and saying, realistically, uh, you're panicking, is Man City. But I don't yeah. think Man City spend £150 million on a player. I agree with like, you. I, I just can't see that. I, I love you. the whole I love the whole narrative, right, that Tottenham aren't going to be able to keep hold of Kane and all that, obviously as an Arsenal fan. But Harry Kane can't turn around and say to Tottenham that they're not trying to improve things. If they then now go and after appointing Mourinho, they mm. now go and appoint Antonio Conte. You know, at least they're trying. I, I know it, the Mourinho thing didn't work and I didn't think it was going to work, but... They still went and brought in somebody who, in my opinion, stood a greater chance of leading them to silverware than than most because of his previous record. And Conte is the next person in line for that. So it's um it's a tough one, but I think Ben's right. I think it's going to take a major, major bid to get Harry Kane out. And even if Harry Kane wants to go, I don't see anybody coughing up that so- sort of money. I really don't. Avi, do we think Harry Kane, I know Ben's like, put up a brilliant defence for Harry Kane not to leave, right? But the rest of the world, majority of the world, think possibly. I think if Antonio Conte wasn't the incoming manager, and let's say it was, a, for argument's sake, let's say it was a Potter or whoever else, Martinez or whatever, I have a very strong thing, in my opinion, I think Harry Kane was a goner, if that was the case. Does the does the does the fact that it's Antonio Conte now coming to Spurs, in your opinion, change anything, or do you think Harry Kane still wants to go or should go? I think he should go. Like if if 140 million pound or 150, mm. like Ben says, mm. comes in, I think just because he's 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 been through these transitions through Poch, um, uh, through Jose. And now he's, you're expecting him to go through another transition, which could go horribly wrong because of Conte mm. and Le- mm. uh, Levy. Um, 
The only thing is he scored so many goals. And look, I'm a Liverpool fan. I couldn't care less whether Kane wins trophies or not. But you don't want to see... It's like that Alan Shearer story. You don't want to see a striker who scored so many goals in the Premiership, right? And these are neutral fans speaking, without having any honours behind his name. Personal honours are fine, but I'm sure he wants to win... Uh, league well, he's been sure vocal, he, hasn't he? He's I'm been sure he wants to be in Champions League finals, win FA Cups. Like he's a he's a, he's an ambitious footballer. So at 27, I think he's going to be 28 by the end of the summer. If City come knocking, why wouldn't you accept that? And why wouldn't you give that that money to Conte and say, look, here's 140 million, go and play with it, go and buy it. Someone put a point up. Andre Belotti, I think he's such a powerhouse. He could make it in the Premiership. You know, he's been doing it for Torino for the last three, four years. Get him in, get a Barela in. Get another sort of three, four players in. Maybe not have that same sort of impact when you sold Bale when you bought seven, eight players in. But like, get like a core of four or five players in that Conte really wants. And I think that'd be better for Spurs going forward than rather than keeping Kane and then sort of wheeling and dealing again. I don't think Conte is a wheeler and dealer in the market as such. And I think he does need a director of football to help him with this. He had these issues at Chelsea. I think they got Zappa Costa in when he didn't really actually want him. But they brought an Italian left back in when he didn't want one. And then he stuck with Alonso. And he had that second season, season syndrome when they just finished fifth or sixth in the league. So I think with Kane, I think he needs to make a decision, decision and be adamant that, look, I do want to leave now. Conte needs three things. Victor Moses... Ashley Young, Arturo Vidal, and Ashley Young. Yeah, amazing. Um, Kieran's got a question for you, Ben. Take it away, man. I know. I, I think I know the answer, but let's just <laughs> let's just ask yeah, it. If City offer Jesus, Sterling, and thirty million, yeah, in the bin. Honestly, yeah, well, no like, chance. The, the thing is, uh, like uh, the, uh, to Harry's point, right? You know, Harry was talking about. Jacker earlier on, and he was talking about the type of football that Mikel Arteta wants to play, and getting horses for courses. I I I hate the idea of there being any sort of cash plus player deal. It essentially says we don't believe that these players are good enough for our club, and we don't want them, so we're going to cut like pawn them off on you. Yeah, give you some money, and then take your best assets. Best <laughs> Cash cash plus player deals are never good. Like Spurs, there's some of those. There's some a lot of, lot of teams mate, strapped like, for cash. If you're looking at if you're looking at if if you're looking at bringing in a manager like Conte and then not going to give him the tools that he wants, instead you're going to take other teams. This is it. Like this is it. Has dirty been laundry. Dirty laundry. Like, it don't make sense. No, like it just is absolutely baffling. And but in the past, this is the sort of thing that Spurs used to do. When we sold Dimitar Berbatov to Man United, we got 30-odd million and Fraser Campbell on loan. Like what, what does that mean? What does that mean to get Fraser Campbell on loan? I think he scored one or two goals in the League Cup. Like Don't bother. Don't bother. Give us extra five million. Let's just forget about the, the, the Fraser Campbell 18 month loan deal or whatever it was. I forgot like, about this that. Is why these, forgot this, about this is why these deals are just, it, they're, they're ridiculous because it, it doesn't actually do anything for Spurs to have Gabriel Jesus come in. He's not a, an elite finisher. So you take away well, an amazing... Well, will tell team. you otherwise. But yeah. no, I reckon Boo will tell us that he's a hard worker. Yeah. I don't need a hard worker. I need someone who's going to score 25 goals a season up front. And, and that is not Gabriel Jesus in that in this and Spurs side. To add to that as well, when you were saying, when you were comparing it to the Xhaka point as well, I made all those points about Xhaka, but goals are worth more in football than anything else. So Harry Kane's value is incredibly high because... Goals are, you know, 
they're just the most valuable thing in football rather than, you know, I could talk about him passing the ball out from the back and closing down spaces and backfilling holes, but none of that is as valuable as goals. Well, do you remember when we did the, we did a show on 90 Min, Welcome to World Class, and we were talking about strikers. It's not, a, it, worldwide, there's not a massive depth of truly elite strikers that yep. guarantee you both hold up play, excellent passing and work rate, and then the goals to go with it as well. So that's why when when you start looking at the alternatives, I think Lukaku is someone that you look at and you say, right, okay, that's maybe what, he's yeah, not what Harry Kane. Yeah, maybe it's not what quite what Harry Kane brings, but equally, you you bring someone in that could fill that fill that void. There's just so few people that can, and at, right Chris, now on the table, very few. There is, I think, Chris sort of reiterating what I think may happen a lot this summer saying that um, I think this summer we will see cash plus deals due to COVID impact on finances. I've got um, someone else made a brilliant point. But, you know what um, you will see, Grizz? You'll see lots of loans with obligations to buy yeah, to right, give yeah. the clubs an Agreed. additional time. To Chance. Raise funds. Yeah. Hold on. Well, there was another brilliant point. Oh, there is. But yeah, um, amazing point. Thank you for that. Um, but so look, Ben, if, all right, so if, again, same question. Unless unless your chairman comes with uh, unexpected, unheard of, um, I don't think no. Has he? Has 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 your owner got a record apart from the bail sort of transfer where he gave all the money of the bail transfer to your coach and said, "Go on, buy seven players." And I think out of all of those, was it only Lamella's there? Am I right in yeah, thinking? But, e- but equally, this is uh, this is one of the things that that people often forget with those with those transfers. Spurs have, Spurs have actually, gonna, if Lamella is sold, for example, this summer, Spurs are going to make a profit on like every single one of those players. Mm. Christian Eriksen, they've made a profit on. Profit you know, on, Vlad yeah. Kyrgios, they made a yeah. profit on. Paulinho, somehow, they've turned decent money on. Like, we didn't know that. See, we, you, you give that side because we just think of them as flops. I think you made a loss you on Soldado. Soldado was a loss. So, so, Soldado oh, one was one the one. only one, yeah. Soldado was the only one. But as a group, like, they've made, they're going to take more money back in than they spent to bring them in. Like, which, and we look at that picture, right, of that, that seven players... They're all yeah. lined up next to each other, and people are a bit like, "Whoa, come on, that's a bit dicey." But in actual fact, like it, uh, Daniel Levy made money on Chadley. He made money on Chadley. So, what, so, so Ben, so, 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 so where's mean? he going? Is... So where's he going to get money from? If it's not through player sales or major player sale like Kane, let's just assume for argument's sake, again, Kane stays. Again, very much like Harry with Arsenal. Give me three players that you you think you could get rid of value-wise, except decent bids, which could be used to go back into players that you think you need in positions. Do you know what I mean? So let's say three out. I'll give you three out to win because you're going to be looking to bring in quality. I know you need more than two. All right, th- three out, three in. The 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 one that's well, the one like the people that we've seen talk about over the last three weeks. Or two and a half weeks since the end of the season. So Aurier's spoken, like yeah. he sort of said, and there's been a lot of talk with PSG, which is I, I find incredible. But I mean, remains to be seen. Um, there's been discussion around Sissoko. Um, I think there's a lot of talk there, um, and he spoke this week as well. Again, I'm, obviously, when you get quotes translated, you don't 
necessarily know if it was how it was how it was meant but Sissoko was another one and then I think realistically it's going to be an attacking midfielder Spurs have got a load of attacking midfielders they've got lots of players in that position who are I think all of them realistically for the right bid potentially up for sale um it just depends I think one of the again this is just rumor but I saw a lot of chat around the possibility of Eric Lamella looking to move on um and I don't know necessarily what that means like financially, but I suppose that that's potentially your three. NBA's got a shout in here. Aurier, you've mentioned. Sissoko, you've mentioned. Lucas, Lucas Mora. I think I th- I'd, be, I'd be fascinated to see what um, what Conte makes of someone like Lucas, if it is Conte, what it makes. I, Harry, you would probably know better than me. I, d- I can't remember... See, unless Lucas wants to convert into a right wing back, like I don't know how someone like Lucas slots into a Conte yeah. system. Agreed. I think someone like Son slots into a Conte system yeah. as one of the two forwards. Um, because, but yeah, with Lucas, I, I would agree. I, I'm not sure how he fits in a Conte system, and, and I don't imagine that Lucas Mora would want to become. A wing back. So, can you imagine sitting in that situation now? I mean, it's the same for it's the same for players at Real Madrid. It's the same players for Everton. Like that situation, leaving a club in the summer, like manager comes in and changes the tactical mindset of your team. Suddenly, your position just becomes it could become null and void. Like you could literally just be talked out of a out of a spot. And for Spurs, they've got a load of players that want to drift in from wide positions. You know, they're, they're quite luxury that want to be playing on the front foot and receive the ball in the final third, not in a mm. central position. They want to drift that wide and start wide and then drift in. And I, I think Conte, like from what I've seen in the past, gets the bulk of his width from late runs from the opposite flank. Yeah, you know, like late late runs coming in from the wing back round that round the wrong side. Almost. If that's the case, Avi, if that's the case, because I know you're a, obviously I know you're a Conte fan, and the way he, or kind the kind of the profile of player he looked for. If you are Conte and the footballing director, give Ben an insight into how you think and the players that you think that they would target who would fit sort of the Spurs. Forget the Spurs. I don't. I think there's. Forget about the Spurs way and all that. It's got to be Conte's way if Conte's the manager, right? Three players that you suggest that Conte may look to bring to Spurs that would help Spurs, basically. I think you'll want a powerhouse in the middle. I know Huiberg's had, and I thought Huiberg had a really good season last season. I think he would want a powerhouse if Sosoka goes. Yeah, I think Sosoka goes. Um, Endembele, um, but I think with Endembele, he will want he will up his fitness. And that's one good thing with Conte and the nutritionists and the fitness team that he brings with him. They do revitalise these players and their fitness. Look at Lukaku, absolutely a different player like Harry mentioned last season. Um, like a Hakimi would be brilliant. Someone that just gets assists galore. Like he's up there with Trent in terms of numbers. So a powerhouse, I would say, unless he unless he actually converts Endombele, but we know Endombele's engine ain't great. Um, I know it improved towards the latter, you know, towards the latter end of the season but I think he needs a powerhouse in the middle and then a forward if Kane does go but I think he will look for a powerhouse uh, forward hence I said as someone like a Belotti I think he's been I think that's a, been screaming for years for years that a player of that sort should come to the premiership that of that ilk I think he's just an all-round brute do you know what you've mentioned powerhouse in midfield you've mentioned forward forward 
I personally think, and I think Ben agrees with me, Spurs are a shambles at centre-back as well. Yeah, well, he, makes centre backs, he makes centre-backs great, though. He, he actually revitalises centre-backs. Like, I think Adai would be a stick-on for Conte. I think Conte would absolutely love him and absolutely turn him into a consistent player. No. I really do believe that. Did you really no, say that? Grizz, uh, Grizz, I'm telling you, mark it down. Conte will... Uh, how, how, it wouldn't be surprise me if he uh, makes him captain. Eric Dyer. Dyer is as well. Yeah, Eric Dyer. Of all people. I'm telling you, I'm putting it out there. I, I think would he revitalises say... his career. I would say that Conte doesn't really improve centre halves. He just Ooh. he just comp overcompensates by having three of them oh. and having the protection system around them. I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't improve centre halves, but when I look at the players that Conte's improved over the years, the the ones that stick into my mind are not centre halves. I feel like he adds that extra security that makes the centre halves look look more secure, and and that kind of creates this false pretense that he can get blood out of a stone essentially I just think someone like Eric Dyer is just not good enough and I love these uh, kind of messages he did it with Louise though didn't he Harry he did it with Louise didn't he at Chelsea Um, I mean I know he put him into like a three but then he played him in midfield at times but Louise was a different player to be honest he actually was playing well on but again then you put Louise in a two and I'm not saying he's bad in a two but he's not as uh, effective so I do think Conte is the guy that basically made everybody go, actually, David Luiz can be a decent defender, but actually it's because of the system. It's because of the, the support network that David Luiz had around yeah, him. He, he could step into midfield knowing there was another two centre-halves. He had the wing-backs and a, a, a defensive midfield player in front of him. I love, well. you know, when you get new managers in and fans start making their fantasy lineups. Ben, take this one away, right? So Conte's 11 would be Laurie. Who, anyone know who Montiel is? Anybody know who he's referring to or could be? Montiel, or maybe Let's there's a spelling mistake there. That's, okay, yeah, it's a fullback. Sanchez, Alderweireld, Botman as your three centre-backs. Montiel playing at River Plate. God, that's oh, some wild amazing. knowledge from Stu. Amazing. I reckon that's key, then, Chris. I reckon that's then, key, Keith. And then you've got Sanchez, Alderweireld, Botman, Reguilon, who underperformed. I think he's much better than what he showed. And then you've got Hoiberg, Ndombele, Moran, Son. I don't see Kane in this team. What's going yeah, on cl- Clearly thinks Kane's moving on. I, I, do you know what? I've seen a few of these kind of doing the rounds. And I think, like you're right, Grizz. It always gets it gets funny, doesn't it? When people yeah, start sort of just including including four players. That, four that, players. That's, that's ten players in that lineup, Grizz. He's missing a player, so he must mean Kane. Oh, so, quite, so it must be Kane. He forgot Ashley oh, Young. Right. Yeah, Ashley <laughs> Young. Yeah. Ashley Young and coming. Um, mate, I just, uh, to be honest, I, I think I I think in the centre back position, Spurs. Shocking, Spurs, I agree. We, 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 we've, we, we've got to do, we've got to upgrade. And not, did it, does anyone know, did Scrinyard, did, 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 did he sign a new deal last year? Because that was, know. that was one that Spurs he was like, heavily for. linked with. Yeah, yeah, he was big, big on for him. At, when, yeah, I, and I don't know what, I don't know what sort of, I don't know what happened there, whether there was so, any truth in that. No, Scrinyard's last contract extension was back in 2019. Um, and it's, basically why uh, Inter were able to, to hold on to him and not basically play ball for a lower value because they know that he's got a long contract. I think it runs till 2023. Um, so, you know, he's someone that's quite... And from what I'm told as well, he's gone from being... Well, not from what I'm told, from what I read, he's been... Um, he was really unhappy previously. And then, of course, Antonio Conte came in, completely turned Inter's fortunes around and, and he was happy I, to stay. 
I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain that if Conte came, and obviously a quick update, uh, the second biggest ITK after me, Fabrizio Romano, has just said that Conte that he said Conte is tempted. There's talks, but no decision made. So that's his latest, latest information. Ben's going to have another sleepless night thinking about, you know, is this going to happen tomorrow morning? Or are we going to get back to reality and, and sort of... Weird this, isn't it? it it's, yeah, it's probably weird. weird sort of doing... The, the news cycle moves so fast that you kind of go down these strange paths of like, oh, this would happen and this would happen and this would happen and this would happen. And then you wake up in the morning and the whole thing has just been like shafted and then yeah. you're on to the next, do you know what I mean? You're on to the next. Because Spurs fans had this kind of like, it was reported that Pochettino was on his way back uh, to, to Spurs maybe 24 hours ago. And there was a three-hour window where Spurs fans just completely lost their mind. And that they were like, sort of dreamt up everything that was going to happen, this huge rebuild. Three hours later, it's like, yeah, it's not happening. And now it's Conte. And then you're forced to reevaluate everything and start again. It's, it's crazy. I think the last question on for Ben, because we've really um, got our money's worth off him. Um, <laughs> geez, I'm joking. Right? Yeah, well, I want that fiver. <laughs> why, is it, why isn't Rafa getting a shot for Spurs, Ben? And would you be, how would you feel if Rafa Benitez was, because um, obviously we've got fond memories of Rafa Benitez as a coach. And, and I think a lot of Europe still holds him in high esteem as a coach. How would you feel about that? Mate, he's, a, he's an interesting one, isn't he? Because mm. I feel like at, at Newcastle, he got an enormous, he has an enormous amount of credit in the bank of Newcastle fans because of the way in which he stuck with the, stuck with the side after they went down. Um, because he was given, I think he was given more leeway with Newcastle to play slightly more compact football. I'm mm. not going to say super defensive football, but very compact, practical football. I don't know whether he would have the same leeway with Spurs. I don't know whether you bring Benitez in and that his stock would be anywhere near high enough to do what he did with, say, a Newcastle and get away with it. Whereas Conte, like, I mean, I think Harry sort of hit the nail on the head. Conte comes at the moment... And Spurs, it, like, it, if it is him that comes in, Spurs fans are immediately being like, his record in recent years completely stacks up. Like, mm-hmm. In terms of a relevant manager, you said it at the top of the show, you're saying he's, like, he's one of your top three, sort of top Current three managers coaches, in the world yeah. you'd potentially have. If you then were to be like, right, let's go and look at Rafa Benitez, like that could be so underwhelming that it puts you under massive pressure from the start of the season to have to deliver immediately and show that it was the right the right call. I think mm. Rafa Benitez's sort of days of going in at a, a big club are, are probably nearing an end unless he goes somewhere slightly smaller and then builds back up again. Interesting, interesting. I mean, <clears throat> Avi, um, you know, finally on Spurs, um, you think Conte... Will accept this job, or do you think he's going to wake up in the morning and think, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, am I really linked to Spurs? Like, you know, and wake up and and see and see yeah, and then realize, like, nah. What do you think is going to happen? I think he Come. takes charge. I think he will take charge. Really? I think he can look. He doesn't shy away, and he's not afraid of working with uh, you know poisonous chairman that. boards. Yeah. So yeah, and plus, I think there is talk. I'm not going to get Ben excited, but there is talk that Joe Lewis is looking to sell up out here um, in the States. So it could be like good things for Spurs in the coming 
months, year. Um, so yeah, I, I I didn't see why not, why Conte wouldn't relish coming back to the Premiership and taking on the Peps and the Klops. And it's kind, of, um, it's kind of the challenge that you can see Conte really taking on, accepting. He's he's like he'd love to mix it with those coaches that you've just mentioned, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Free World says no Liverpool chat. Oh, have you timed that perfectly or, or what? Um, Avi, is there anything on Liverpool that we need to be discussing? Anything happened? Um, I know Alisson has 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 agreed a new deal. Anything else that you want to talk about with Liverpool? No, just that we're um, interested in. Oh, I can't even pronounce his name. El Sahid Heisage, he's a fullback at Napoli, can operate on the left or the right. I imagine that's a right back cover, so we're interested in him, as are Arsenal as well. Um, oh, he's on, interesting. He's available Harry. on a free transfer, so 28-year-old Albanian. Um, he's had a, I think he's a pretty good player, actually. He's, he's done well at Napoli. And that's it. Okay. He's been a quiet week. I thought we would might get some, you know, um, some news in regards to a certain midfielder, but no, there hasn't seemed to be anything broken. So it's, it's difficult at this time of season for all clubs because of Euros. Players are away on international. Well, quality players will be away on international duty. Uh, I think it starts next. When does Euros start? Ben, June, June the eleventh. Next, think we're, we're, uh, isn't it next Friday? Next a week Friday. tomorrow. Yeah, Literally. a week tomorrow. So deals, trying to get deals done before Euros is a bit of a a jeopardy, isn't it? It's just jeopardy at the moment trying to get um, uh, deals done. But do you expect any movement, um, Harry, at your club before the Euros start, realistically? I think they'd like to do business before the Euros start, but I'm not sure it's going to get done. Uh, I know that, well, there was reports coming out tonight that Arsenal had made Bendia. a formal offer for Emi Buendia. That's been rejected, by the way, uh, of £30 million. So... It seems like Arsenal are trying to make that happen prior to, to the uh, Euros. And of course, he's going off to the Copa America as well. So they'll like to get it done. But I don't think anybody will be overly sort of rushing to get things done and, and get them done at the wrong prices just to get it done before the Euros, if I'm honest. And I think from a Spurs point of view, I think the only thing that you're concerned with is getting the coach sorted first and foremost. Right, Ben? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm just looking at your what what you were just saying from Romano. Um, it's got honestly, you excited, man, isn't it? You're, like, you're proper refreshing it like a kid again, and it's mate, mad, it's, isn't it? It's, do you know what? It's, it's got me worried more than anything. Really? And the Romano stuff saying uh, Tottenham are pushing to reach an agreement with Antonio Conte. He's tempted by the job, but no final decision yet. Negotiations still ongoing about salary, new signing staff. Spurs are not willing to allow him to bring more than four staff members. I don't Ooh. like. I, I don't. I don't have any. Again, Romano last summer basically cemented himself, or over the course of the last probably three to four transfer windows, sort of cemented himself as like Mister Reliable, didn't he? So you, you don't know. Like, I don't like to go against him, but that's that's one of those ones I don't really want to have to sleep on that. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> you know, want to sleep you, on that one. Yeah, I, I think that last bit about. Um... It's the sort staff, of staff thing, and everything in it, yeah. you know, and and what we know from Conte is is very loyal, right, Avi? He, he wants his people around him. He's very much one of those loyal to oh, his staff yeah. and everything. And and why would why would why would Levy not accept his terms? Would you, you know? It doesn't make sense to me, but I think we'll 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 soon find out. Um, so Avi, Liverpool wise, this is another week to go. 
I know there was rumours of a, a a player agreement, um, but not a club agreement um, before the Euros. Trying to get it done before the Euros. Do you reckon there's any chance of that happening? So if that player is not going to Euros, I don't see why we wouldn't be wrapping up uh, the deal. Oh, little hint. So. Is that a little hint there? I think so. Yeah. So it's a non-European yeah. player. See, you got you got to be sharp here because these people in the chat. I think Harry and Ben have realised we've got one of the most knowledgeable uh, fan bases here, and they're not only Liverpool fans. Like, like some of the insight into Spurs and Arsenal as well has been brilliant. Um, you know, what I'm going to ask everyone to do on the way out is press that like button for me, please. Um, it helps a lot. We've only recently reached uh, the small landmark, but huge for us, of 10K. Um, and so, you know, it would be amazing if you could just tell friends and family and all that kind of business. Um, Harry, um, tell us where we can find you and where people can listen to some of your great insight as well, man. Yeah, just uh, check out the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Um, you can find it on all the major platforms and on YouTube as well. And uh, obviously get to talk football with you guys as well over on 90 Min, which is great as well. So make sure you subscribe to 90 Min and get it to 100K quickly. I was just going to say that and I was going to let Ben say that but because we're we're so close to 90, uh, 90 minutes. We're so close to 100K following. Um, and if, you know, if all of you could just pop over there some amazing work being done with a bit of whole crew there. And Ben, Ben's like the king of the ship. Uh, no, what's the, not king of the ship. Captain. What's the captain of the ship? Yeah. So um, he's doing an admirable job. Ben? We're 1,000 one to go. 1,000 really? subs oh, to go. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, literally yeah. We'll, we'll crawl over the line during I reckon the Euros, by the I end hope. of, I reckon by the end of Euros, I reckon we, um, we should... Because what we got? And I'm planned... taking you up on that that offer of dinner, Grizz, and I'm taking Harry up Come on the offer of a barbecue. Hundred percent. Listen exactly. Harry's look. Harry's posts his barbecue skills like every other week. It's like like every time I'm trying to go on it's a just diet. Envy, isn't it? Yeah. It's every envy. time I try to go on a diet, away. to go on a diet, and then I see Harry just like tossing and turning those sticks, or whatever you call it. They get more. They get lucky. more. They get more interaction than my podcast do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Well, but lads, um, thank you so much uh, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. The time has bloody flown. Time flown. Avi, we catch up in a bit. Thank you very much. Anything to say? No, I'll probably be floating around some Twitter spaces later on. So with the American Good crowd, man, so, you yeah. space ball. Talk about the USMT right and UST. Nice one. Excellent. Lads. Wonderful. Everyone in the chat, it's been a brilliant show. We catch up soon. Thank you very much.